Welcome to the Iron Self Podcast, where we jump into health, fitness, mindset, and becoming the best version of yourself. Today with your hosts, Mike and Kayla Minion. Welcome to the Iron Self Podcast. On today's episode, we welcome Dr. Jocelyn Hampson. She's the owner of Elements Health in Spruce Grove, Alberta. She graduated from Canadian Memorial Chiropractic College in 2003 and has been practicing chiropractics in Spruce Grove, Alberta since 2015. Dr. Jocelyn is proficient in many techniques, including the activator technique and is certified in the Webster's technique to provide care for expectant mothers. She's also trained to provide care for children through the International Chiropractic Pediatric Association. Thank you so much for taking the time here today, Dr. Jocelyn. We welcome you. Awesome. Thanks for having me. (laughs) We're excited to have you. So what really drew you to become a chiropractor? So I was thinking about this today and uh, I usually have a couple of stories, so I'm going to tell you both. Um, so I come from a family of healthcare workers, right? My mom was a nurse, my stepmom was a nurse, like taught nursing, wrote the textbooks. My auntie was a nurse. So I think just naturally after high school, right? I, I went to nursing school, I applied and I got in and I was a couple years into nursing school and I just was like, I love healthcare, but I'm not loving nursing, right? Then like the hospital-based care and like this was 92 so there wasn't like community nursing was just kind of starting to kind of make its way into healthcare, and uh, I kind of knew that like you know I was going to stay the healthcare course but there had to be something else so my sister was in high school at the time she was a few years younger and she'd had a bad trampoline accident so they were out of province and I remember my mom calling me she'd been deteriorating for like a year so at this point, my sister is at a new high school. She's got no deep tendon reflexes. She's limping, like they've tried everything. She's in and out of the hospital, like it's bad. And so my mom calls me one night and she says, so, you know, I left the hospital and a nurse kind of had pulled my mom aside and said like, you know, I've seen you here 10 times. Like you gotta take that kid to a chiropractor. And so my mom calls me and tells me this. And I'm, I remember being like, really scared like almost mortified like what are you thinking you know this is like the 90s and nurses are thinking you know chiropractors are literally quacks right like I remember thinking you take my sister there and we're going to be in big trouble this was sort of the perception at the time right and so my mom says well I'm going to take her and I was like oh you know a little nervous so they have an appointment the next day and sure enough, my mom calls me right after and she's crying, right? And I'm like, I knew it, that was a bad idea. Like, you shouldn't have done that. And what's wrong now? And my mom's like crying because she's like, your sister literally walked out of there. And I was like, what? She's like, she, right? She's upright, she doesn't limp. Like, she literally walked out of there. And I remember like thinking, oh my God, right? Like, kind of like, like how did this happen this is like a miracle and you know when I tell this story it's kind of like 
wow, like in 17 years of practice, I'd say like, you know, I thought this was the norm. And, you know, so in 17 years, I, I'd say what I've had, like kind of like two miracles, but this was my first introduction. So I'm like, they're miracle workers. I want to be that. I want to do that every day. And uh, so it, it had this profound effect on my family. And, and uh, so at the time I was still in nursing school, it was spring break. So I head out to see my parents and my sister and like, you know, she's walking, she's healthy, this is great. And so my mom's like, you know, you gotta go see the chiropractor. And I was like, oh no, no, like that's for miracles. I don't need a miracle. I, um, <laughs> so I remember thinking like, you know, I was really suffering with back pain. I, in my teens, I had been diagnosed with a pretty like severe scoliosis. They'd found it so late that they couldn't do like, surgery wasn't an option, you know, like, uh, back braces, like, you know, those kids got made fun of at school. And I was just like, oh, no, well, you know, I, I'm just gonna, you know, take my chances. And so I always had a bunch of discomfort, like my back always bothered me, I always sort of noticed a level of pain. And at the time when they found it, I don't know if we'd seen like, we'd seen somebody, a specialist. And, you know, I remember him saying to me, like, you know, so what can we do? And he's like, well, just don't ever plan on having a job on your feet. You, you might likely be in a wheelchair by the time you're 40. And I'm like thinking, oh my God, right? Like I'm 14. And what bothered me more was that I actually wanted to be a hairdresser. <laughs> so it wasn't the wheelchair part. It was the part where he told me I shouldn't have a job on my feet. And so, you know, it was funny because I'm like, there goes my dreams of being a hairdresser, right? And so, you know, I kind of let that sit with me. And then I was like, you know, I'm not going to let that stop me. And so, you know, in nursing school, you know, you're, you're sort of doing all the grunt work. And it was my first two years and I had a lot of pain. So I kind of, you know, my, my mom said, why don't you, why don't you come meet the chiropractor? You know, I had worked for my sister. So I thought, yeah. So I ended up going and I always say, here I am today, right? Like my sister had a profound experience. I had a profound experience and that was just dead. I, I went home from spring break. I told my nursing profs I was dropping out of nursing school and I was gonna go be a chiropractor. And, and so, you know, six years later, but I did it, so. That's, that's awesome. That, yeah, that's amazing. Just yeah. like, like you said, you're, you're already two years into nursing school and then you, and then you have these like just mind blowing experiences and you're like, I know I'm going to serve people. I just didn't know how I was going to serve yeah. them yet. Yeah. And I, I think that's a lot of the, like a lot of the time when we get into a career, I think that a, a large part of it is that there was like a moment that like turning point that was like, no, this is it. This yeah. is the one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was That's pretty awesome. cool. I, you know, I got to chiropractic school and I was like, why are you guys here? And, you know, some were like, my mom's a chiropractor, my dad's a chiropractor. And, and so, you know, looking back at, you know, it, everybody sort of had had this sort of profound, like, past that led them there. And for some, it was family. So one of my kids hopefully will become chiropractors. <laughs> Pass the business yeah, along. Take, take over the clinic next, right? Yeah. Whisper it in their ear. Yeah. Right? Uh, well, one of the big things we know is that everybody, like, I'm not going to say everybody, but we, when we did our stack, it was like something like 60 to 70% of the, the population suffers from back pain. From, from no specific onset, just back pain in general, right? And so what we wanted to ask you was what other kind of types of conditions do chiropractors treat? Because I know it's not just back pain, but I, and I know obviously that's a large part of your clientele, but maybe you can enlighten us. 
Yeah, so, I mean, when patients come in, I always tell them that, right? Like, I, we're going to look at your back because chiropractors are back doctors, right? But we look at the back because that's where the nervous system is. That's, you know, housed in the spine. Our back is, is our nervous system. So really, chiropractors have always been sort of, you know, we've been known as back doctors, but really it's, it's that nervous system. So I always say we're nerve doctors. We're looking at that nervous system. So how that affects like head to toe. So whether that's, you know, headaches, concussion, um, the, the first chiropractic patient ever um, was a patient who was deaf in, uh, and he was a janitor. This is, you know, over a hundred years ago, the story goes, he was like a janitor in a, in a building. And this, this gentleman was sort of with, experimenting with like osteopathic medicine, healing arts. And he sort of, he's like, oh, something's like out in your neck. And so he did this first chiropractic adjustment and, and sort of immediately following that, the story goes like he could hear again, right? So again, that nervous system connection. and you know we treat like we don't treat asthma but we talk a lot about you know when we move down the body into the chest like opening the chest up so patients who suffer from asthma can breathe that rib cage is going to move better right um and then like you know as we move into the hips like we'll treat traditional things like bursitis and you know osteoarthritis and plantar fasciitis it's sort of like there is really head to toe in what we treat and, and then a large part of our, you know, our clientele or sort of what attracts people to chiropractors is like, you know, sort of this prevention idea. And so people will say like, well, like my wife came in and said that it helped her and I don't really have anything wrong, but let's make sure there isn't anything wrong. So there's the treatment component and then of course the prevention component too, so. I love that people are seeking it out as a preventative measure, like as that like alternate health measure because I know like at least I started going to a chiropractor when it was the 90s yeah. and it wasn't really like an alternate practice then it was like oh I I had onset whatever this issue was yeah. let's treat the issue so the fact that people are already seeing it as like like this is a progressive measure this is something that I need to do just like going to the gym right yeah I don't know. I mean, it, it was the same for me I mean I I I'm lucky enough that my parents were big on taking me to a chiropractor when I was younger yeah. um so again it was like seven eight years old because i played sports my entire life i beat up my body pretty good and and they made sure that we were always going to see our guy dr howard was his name great guy <laughs> cool. uh, back in ontario and and yeah it's, it's one of those lifelong things and it's it's crazy because there's so many people that that i know even at my age and older that have never been to a chiropractor and they live in chronic pain and i'm like have you not heard of this thing called a chiropractor? <laughs> it's magic. <laughs> right? So, and, and I mean, we have people come to us and we're like, okay, well, we can help you strengthen the muscles. But the reality is, we, you know, if you're out of alignment, you can strengthen the muscles all you want, but you're just strengthening it in imbalance, right? So you're already strengthening on top of a movement dysfunction. So, yeah. We've been taking our kids to the chiro since they were little. And like our oldest, she had like pigeon toes when she was a toddler and she always would walk like that and she'd wear like the outsides of her shoes. Yeah. And we just happened to be at like a health fair and they were like, oh, you don't take your kid to a chiro? And I was like, you know, I never thought of it. Like I always go, but I never thought right. to take her. And after three treatments, like she was no longer pigeon toe. There's no longer that issue. Yeah. 
And we talk about that, like, especially with kids, right? And as their spine and their body's growing, like, there's sort of an analogy in chiropractic, right? Is like, you know, as the twig bends, so grows the tree, right? So it's this whole idea, like, if the twig's going this way, that's the way the tree's growing, right? And so it's sort of this idea that, like, to have the impact when they're younger, right? Um, it, a, it's easier. Um, kids respond faster. They're, you know, their bodies are in a healing, turning over state a lot more rapidly rapidly than ours and and then they're less likely to kind of go out and and ruin the work right so their bodies tend to hold an adjustment better <laughs> kids in general they spring back so much better yeah. after all injuries <laughs> or not not injuries in this sense right. word, yeah. but any any, yeah. any anything done to their body they, yeah. they respond so well right yeah. um i guess one one of the questions that comes up that kind of piggybacks right on that other one is in, in your practice, what do you see most often? Like, if we're allowed to ask that, yeah, what, yeah. what is the most common, you, you see it all the time, it's almost like you can you can tell when they walk in the door they're coming. Is it is it just, like, non-specific or? Yeah, I, I mean, I think, like, you know, sort of, as you grow in practice, as you do in anything, right, you sort of develop a niche. So, I mean, I think if you would asked me in the, you know, I've been in practice 17 years, going on 18, and I'd say that in the first sort of five years of practice, yeah, it was like sort of your, you know, your low back pain, neck pain, headaches, right? Um, and then you sort of start to develop niches, you know? So I think for me, that niche sort of did become like, you know, kids and families. So I, I'd say now, like, I'd say at least the majority of my practice is definitely more preventative, which I love. Um, but that's like after 17 or 18 years, right? So now I'm, I'm a good 55, 60% of my practice is, you know, it might've brought a family member in with lower back pain, headaches, neck pain, but then the remaining family members, you know, two, three or four family members are coming in for that checkup. So prevention um, and more maintenance. But I'd say certainly in general, you know, general chiropractors is definitely like low back pain, neck pain, headaches. So it's sort of the top three. Uh, I'm gonna. I feel bad. I apologize now because we're we live so far out that when we come in, it's normally like, oh man, we did something. Yeah. <laughs> we are the we're the. But that's always a part of practice too, right? That's like, I think that's like anything. And that's part of how I run my practice is I tell patients all the time, I'm always going to tell you my best recommendation when I think you should come back. But that's the beauty of it is it, it's always up to the patient, right? So uh, then I tell them, you can come when you need to, or you can come in two weeks, four weeks, six weeks, right? And so, yeah, there's a, a huge, you know, still 40% of patients that will come sort of as needed. And, and that, in my practice, that's, that's, that is okay. That is how the, you know, that's the reality of it, right? The interesting thing for me is that I noticed that when I worked a desk job, I saw a chiropractor way more often. Yes. And now that I'm not working a desk job and I'm moving all the time, yeah. I, I think I come in like maybe once a month, kind of once every two months or so. So it's like way less often. Yeah. Do you think that there's like a little bit of science behind that? Yeah. So I like in 2015, the World Health Organization said that seated workstations were the smoking of 2015. In other words, they were so bad for you that like they likened it to cigarette smoking. And so 
there sort of became this whole idea like, oh my gosh, stop sitting at work, right? And everybody moved to a standing desk station. And then like within a relatively short couple of years, we were like, oh my God, standing all the time is no better, right? And so <laughs> we're like, everybody sit back down. But so when we sit, we compress our discs and they sort of like small discs all the way to the lower back, big discs. And so the more we sit, the more that compiles and we load those lower back discs. So the idea is to get up and get moving. So um, it was actually a, a, a group of physiotherapists out of the UK who said, okay, we got to look at this. Sitting all the time is no good. Standing all the time is no good. What's, you know, what's the idea here? So, the happy right. And so the idea then became what we see a lot of now is that sit-stand conversion. And so the, the research right now is that you should sit when you need to, but only for two minutes. And then you should stand back up. Now you might last one minute or you might last an hour, but once something hurts, your neck, your back, your toe, you sit for two minutes. So I tell patients all the time, when you move to a sit-stand conversion or a sit-stand desk, like you're gonna be up, down, up, down, up, down, till eventually you're just listening to your body, right? Like you're sitting, two minutes and then you're getting back up and however long you last then you sit for those so you you do want an easily convertible desk or or like a, a sit stand conversion that moves quite maneuverably but that's what the research shows is so and the idea behind that I think anyways I'm not sure the research has proven this point but we have this idea we talk about a lot in, in physiotherapy and chiropractic we, we talk about motion is lotion so it's kind of this idea that, oh wait, like are they just sitting and standing? No, they're moving their body, they're up, down. And so that movement is key too, right? To not be stuck in any one position for too long. So that's where the science is at today anyways. I love that. Kayla, Kayla always says motion is lotion. Like your favorite thing to say is motion is lotion. So that, that works beautifully. Um, one thing that stuck out to me that you just mentioned a couple of seconds ago, or a couple minutes now, but the the ability to, to manipulate somebody's chest so that you can kind of get more of that thoracic mobility. Yeah. And I think that kind of lends beautifully into what, what I wanted to ask you next, which is more about, you know, outside of just removing pain, what other kinds of things do chiropractors improve in their clients' lives? So a big thing for me is with all of my athletes that I work with, we work a lot on proper breathing mechanics and yeah. learning just how to use the diaphragm and things like that. And the second you said that, just, just the, the thoracic mobility and being able to actually expand your chest and expand your ribs properly, yes. that's what popped into my head. So I wanted to ask that question. Yeah, so for like years, I mean, the our profession was like so focused on what we called primary parts of the spine, right? We focused on the cervical spine and the neck and the lumbar spine and the lower back. And there was this whole idea for, for, for years, like probably over like 80, 90 years that the thoracic spine was, was just like a, a secondary curve, not really significant. And then we started to see like, and again, a lot of this was like case studies or anecdotal evidence that chiropractors were seeing in practice, right? Like why would an adjustment, you know, how would that improve asthma? Like it, was it a cervical spine adjustment? And so there sort of became this, this evidence that like, yeah, the thoracic spine was more important than we thought. Like it, it, it did have this primary role. And so, yeah, like the idea of opening up that thoracic spine, opening up that rib cage that's directly connected to it through, you know, through like, you know, these 10 joints um, was that moving that could help. So we could breathe better, you know, and that would help patients with asthma. But then yes, patients with scoliosis and then we'd see improvements in, 
in, you know, patients who had just, you know, overcome a cough, a cold, you know, we thought, oh, you know, we're having an effect on their immune system. No, we're actually, just, we're, we're helping them breathe better too, right? So, um, and, and we see that too in the neck, right? Patients would come back and say to me like, oh, you know, I, I came because I had a headache and, and you adjusted my neck, but then like, I didn't tell you I, I was dizzy all the time and now I'm not dizzy anymore, right? So like sometimes we see those, those, I call them, tell my patients all the time, these are the good side effects, right? Like sometimes it can help with dizziness, um, you know, asthma, um, heartburn's another one, like working on the thoracic spine and the diaphragm can help with heartburn. Um, it can help with patients who, in the lower back, we see that connection helping with things like, you know, again, a positive side effect if they were suffering from constipation. Um, so those are some more sort of organic things we see where, again, we're not treating those, but they're a positive side effect. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And you, you kind of talk about like treating like the whole family. So is there a specific age where maybe people shouldn't be seeing a chiropractor or is there a lifelong thing? Right. So, and I've always explained it to patients like this, right? Like, again, always a patient's choice, right? My job is to give a patient that information. My job is to tell you, you know, what I think I can do, how I think I can help. And, and then it's always up to them. But I mean, yeah, I always say like newborn to 90s, right? I, I've seen patients on their way home from, you know, being born at the hospital hours or a day old. And then, you know, I've seen patients that are in their 90s. Like my goal is to see somebody who's 100. So I got to track somebody down who's 100. Um, but, listening with the <laughs> right? You're you I'll come to your house. Um, so yeah, newborn to nineties, right? And so the benefit is different at every age, you know, in newborns, we're checking the spine after birth. Um, in the nineties, we're checking the spine to help, you know, keep mobility, improve function, decrease symptoms, right? So there isn't an age at which somebody shouldn't be checked. Um, and that's sort of where it falls into, like I tell my patients, newborn to nineties. So what kind of techniques would you normally use in office? Because I think when a lot of people like think of going to the chiropractor, they just think of like being like their back being cracked. Right. Well, a lot of people have that trepidation because they don't they don't know what to expect, especially somebody who hasn't been to a chiropractor. They're like, what am I getting into? Or somebody that's maybe been to, uh, I'm going to say a not so great chiropractor because right. I've had a couple people I've had to convince. Yeah. <laughs> like, and so... And, and like, and let's not forget TikTok, right? People are watching TikTok. So they, they have this perception of chiropractors that they've never been. And now they've watched a TikTok video, right? Like, and so for the record, I tell anybody, they are all fake noises. Like there is no cracking that you're going to hear on audio that loud. I mean, unless you're stuffing a microphone in there, but at, at the end of the day, yeah. Like traditional, like cracking is, it's, I mean, that was the sort of the chiropractic roots is sort of where we came from. And, and we still see that today, I think, for two reasons. One, it, it works. And, and two, we've, we've been able to just build and build on years and years of research. But what's come out of that is techniques where, like, patients or, or other chiropractors have said, you know what, like, not everybody likes the crack. Like, I tell people who are really nervous or leery about getting an adjustment where they're going to hear pops and cracks, like, I tell them that's okay. Like, my husband's been married to a chiropractor for 13 years and he's never had a manual adjustment. He does not like at all. No, I have always used different techniques with him. He, he will, it's just not for him. He's obviously not afraid of getting an adjustment. 
our kids get adjusted that way. He just, he's like, I know it's not for me. So that's with him. I use what's called an activator. So it's like a little uh, handheld instrument. It kind of looks like, well, it developed from a dental technique. So the story goes like about 40, 50 years ago, a chiropractor was next to a dental office and he goes over and he says, listen, like, you know, I'm cracking and popping my patients and not everybody likes this. Like, there's got to be something else. And so the dentist says, well, like we have this impactor that we used to, you know, put fillings in and do work in the teeth. He's like, let's try this. And so they literally grab a door stopper, like the old fashioned little door stopper. So they grab the little, um, you know, plastic piece from the end of the door stop, put it on the dental impactor and, and you know, yeah, start playing around with this. And, and hence we have a technique today that's called the activator. So, you know, now we have... 40 years of research and and we have tools developed specifically for chiropractors and we have settings and so that's like a great technique like people who don't want to pop in a crack that technique is really sort of i guess attractive to them and um that's sort of the t there's sort of the top three the other third is what we call i call it the table technique we're literally using the table so the table pieces are moving up and down and like you know they, they move up and down about like a half an inch but they feel like they're moving more right and so that technique was developed by dr thompson and so he was an this is like you know 60 70 years ago he he was an engineer and chiropractic changed his life like he got on a train in the united states went across country to davenport iowa where there was like the first chiropractic clinic and he had this crippling back pain and of course as the story goes he had a life-changing experience with chiropractic and he says when he's leaving, you know, this is a week later, he's like, you know, this is great and all, but you guys are like jumping on people and cracking them. And he's like, why don't you just use gravity? Like, and they're all like, what? And he said, yeah, like, why don't you get the spine in motion till it hits an equal and opposite force? And that'll set the adjustment. And they're like, what are you talking about? So he's like, I'll show you. So he develops this table. It's called the Thompson table or the drop table. And again, there, you know, there's history, right? Now, most chiropractors, not all, but most have tables where we use these drop pieces and again, using gravity. So, and then you see all sorts of, you know, chiropractors now, like research is, is rapid. You know, there's lots of techniques out there. Gonstead, those are those big heavy adjustments you see, um, Y-strap, like there's more and more. Um, but I'd say, you know, traditional pop and crack, table techniques, instrument adjusting, those are sort of the top three. I still love being cracked. Yeah, like, that's like my... Like, <laughs> adjustments all day long. You know, people go to the gym and they lift weights and they don't feel satisfied unless they get the muscle burn. I kind of feel that way about chiropractic. It's like, I'm not satisfied unless I hear the crack. <laughs> and you see the loud pop. Like the, the TikTok pops. Yes, yes. Oh, man. Um, so, for, for the general public, anybody who may have not been to a chiropractor yet, you know, what, what would you say some signs or symptoms might be to tell them, hey, it might be a good idea to go get checked out? So I'd say like that traditional stuff for sure, right? Like, and for a lot of patients who haven't been yet, it's, they've kind of sort of just said, okay, I'm just gonna, this is just the way it is, right? I'm gonna put up with this. And so it's sort of getting to that point where they have to kind of say to themselves, like, you know what, there's gotta be something else. I shouldn't have to suffer with headaches. Like, you know, I shouldn't be on pop and Tylenol, Advil, monthly migraine medication and still suffering, right? So I'm not talking about those patients who, 
you know, have the odd headache and, and respond well to what they're doing. But if they're putting up with something and they've just sort of said to themselves, ah, that's just the way it's going to be, it, it's likely not, right? So that neck pain, headache, um, you know, even lingering, we're seeing now like lingering sort of symptoms, fog, headache, stuff from concussions that they sort of, they've gone through their concussion protocol and they've still got some stuff kind of lingering from that. Chiropractic can help with that. Um, you know, that mid-back pain, absolutely anybody with this scoliosis should be checked by a chiropractor. And I tell all my, my, my patients who have scoliosis this, one, I have it, and two, don't let anybody, you know, any chiropractor tell you they can straighten that out. You know, the majority of patients who have a scoliosis, they have it. Now, there are some epic treatments out there that are being done by physiotherapists um, a German technique that has been shown to actually reverse curves. I tell all my patients about that. It's very cool, the Schroth method. Um, but I tell patients, like, for getting checked again, like, if you're, if you're putting up with lower back pain, like, and these are the things that, like, they're not just that episode. Like, you're, you're right. Like, at some point in life, 85% of the population will have a moderate episode of lower back pain. If you get that episode and it goes away, you know, then great. If you're able to self-manage, you're able to do that. Fantastic. It's those ones where like you get in the second, the third episode, it's time to try something else. It's time to get your spine checked, right? Yeah. Knee pain, hip pain, uh, foot pain, plantar fasciitis, those sorts of things where chiropractic can help. And, and the thing is, is that the great majority of chiropractors recognize our obligation to patients, which is this. If we can't help, it's still our job to find a patient, somebody who can. And that is our duty and obligation. If we can help, we're gonna find you somebody who can. So we assess, we, we feel like we can treat or can't treat, but you know what, somebody else is gonna help you better, we're gonna tell you that. Um, and so the assessment is that key part that starts a patient going in the right direction. And certainly like I tell patients, if you're a couch potato, you need a chiropractor. If you are, if you are active, you need a chiropractor. And so this sort of those ones in between where it's like, yes, they'll benefit, um, but you know, listening to their body and, and just not putting up with crap. Like people yeah. have become accustomed to just putting up with it. Right. Well, and that, that stood out to me when you said that, just like, you know, there's so many people that they, they have migraines, they have headaches, they have back pain, whatever it might be. And they do the, the, the classic treatment of like Tylenol or whatever, whatever works for them, but it doesn't really work for them. And then they keep doing it. So then that turns into that. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a new result. Right. Yeah. So what kind of advice do you have for anybody that might be hesitant to see a chiropractor or that has seen a chiropractor and maybe didn't have the greatest experience? I tell patients or like anybody, like people like at the front desk, the girls will always say like somebody calls, they want to know, can you help with this? Can you help with X, Y, or Z? Or who, who should the patient with X see for this? And I think the thing is, is that in Alberta anyways, like in, in most of Canada, but higher in, in, in the province that I practice in is there's, there's a usage rate of about 15%. So they're saying about 15% of our population actually, you know, regularly utilizes chiropractic care. And at first you kind of think, oh, is that kind of low? We're not talking about patients that have been to a chiropractor. We're, like we're talking about utilization rates. And so when our profession kind of looked at that, we're like, oh, that's so low. We actually went to the dentist and they're like, 50, you got 15%. Shockingly enough, 
our usage rate in, in the province of Alberta for chiropractic is higher than the usage rate for dentists, which means more people regularly go to the chiropractor than their dentist. I mean, wow. shocking, but, but cool, right? I mean, cool if you're a chiropractor, not cool if you're a dentist, but... <laughs> and, and so, you know, we do see, particularly in our province, this, like, everybody's either heard of a chiropractor, a great number of people have been to a chiropractor, or at least everybody knows somebody who's been, if, if that's our utilization rate. So I tell people, like, ask somebody who's been and had a good experience, right? Like, so that's sort of like, you know, instead of, I mean, I'm 47, so I still know the yellow pages. So, you know, I used to say, don't thumb through the yellow pages. And then it was Google. And now it's like asking on Facebook. But Ask somebody who's been, like somebody who's had a great experience. I, I can assure you that like you guys, you're like me, um, like my first experience, or you know, when you've had a great experience with a chiropractor, when somebody asks you, you're like, yeah, this is what you should do, this is where you should go, right? And so it's sort of gaining on people's experience because you know, everybody, chiropractors are different, you know, everybody practices a little bit differently. So you kind of want to find somebody who you know is going to be able to, you know, help the way you want to be helped or, or do things the way you want to do, right? Like, I have a colleague who's amazing, like, he's huge into sports, he has his sports specialty, like, absolutely amazing. I, I get an athlete at a certain level of sport you know, I'll adjust them, I'll check their spine. And then we sort of get to that next level where I say, you know what, you really got to see my colleague down the road, like literally down the road, right? And so again, you want to find, he doesn't, he doesn't adjust or crack or manipulate, totally does chiropractic differently. So again, sort of asking around, asking somebody who's had an experience is, is probably the best way to find somebody because then you know kind of what, you know, you're looking for. Yeah, and I think that honestly, like, for us, it's a lot of trial and error. Like we came from living in Victoria, we had a good relationship, and I've been seeing that chiropractor since I was like 16. And then coming out here, we were like, "Oh, could you refer us to somebody?" And he was like, "Oh, I went to school with this person. They live in that area." Right. And so we started going there, and I was like, "Oh, I hate this person. Like this isn't right. my, this isn't the person for me." Right. And because used to one way of doing something right yeah. and I so I think I like I boycotted the chiropractor for probably like a year and a half after we moved here I was like nope not going back to this person and, uh, and I on the other hand because I had had so many back injuries I started looking actively for a new chiropractor and it was it was over and over and over again just trying to find the right one but it, we get the same thing with people that have been with a personal trainer that yeah. didn't resonate with them and they're like you know, I, I never thought I was going to work out again. Never thought I'd like it again. And yeah. then, then, yes. Great. So, like, I got a referral, I think, from, I want to say a massage therapist for you. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just, you know, one of those, those things when I was like, okay, I love her. Like, I'm going back. <laughs> and that is it, right? Like, asking your other providers, like, you know, particularly, again, I can only speak for our province, but in Alberta, the great majority of, of healthcare practitioners are what we call regulated. So you belong to a regulatory body, you, you have a license. And so, you know, we, we have this obligation, right? Which means that we can't refer you to somebody who's going to give us a, a, a kickback, or we can't refer you to somebody who, you know, is, there can be no conflict of interest, right? So, you know, it, it's, you know, it's, it's, 
their experience, yes, but then you know they have to sort of take that conflict of interest out and look at it like and, and that healthcare provider is really obligated to say to that patient, you know what, this chiropractor I think would be a great fit for you or that massage therapist. Like that's even in my own practice. I, I have five massage therapists who work for me. Um, but I live in a community with about 40 of them. Um, and I tell patients all the time, like, you know, I have to refer you out or my best recommendation is to send you to, to so-and-so down the street because she does, you know, something called orthopedic massage. It's so great for lower back pain and, and none of our therapists do it. They're amazing, but they don't do this particular type of massage. And I know that's going to help you the best or, you know, cranial sacral. And so I sort of expect, I guess, the same sort of from my colleagues outside of my profession. So patients should be asking their massage therapist. I mean, heck, if you ask my optometrist, you know, he has recommendations for dentists, chiropractors, you know. Um, so healthcare providers are also a good resource and personal trainers. Of course, I can't, I'd be hard pressed to think of trainers who wouldn't have a great chiropractor in their pocket, you know, that they know and trust. And at the same time, you know, they go to. Yeah, and it's, it's super important, I think, to have those relationships because that's really how we build community, right? Like, I know if I have a client that I can't help and, I, and they're suffering from, you know, X, Y, and Z for, for issues, I can say, hey, I think you should go see this person. And they're more likely to take my recommendation mm -hmm. than, like you said, to, like, go on Facebook and ask right. somebody, right? Because when you're in that world, you tend to have, like, you know, your key people. Yeah. Well, and everybody, like... It's funny because referrals are one of those things where if we can't help, we're gonna we're gonna refer you to somebody mm -hmm. that can. And sometimes people like kind of kind of take a step back and they're like, "Oh, like you you don't want my money?" And it's like, "Well, no, it's, it's not even that. It's just I think you'd be better served yeah. over here, right? Yeah. Like, I would love your money, but <laughs> let's, let's pass you off somewhere where they have a specialty that'll help you." Right. So. Is there any kind of last things that you want to add to the listener that maybe they don't know about chiropractics or that you'd like them to know? Oh, <laughs> I think, you know what? I think we, we're seeing a surgeons of chiropractic. Like certainly in the last five years, our profession has sort of gained a more, I guess, popularity for lack of a better word. And so we are seeing patients go more um, we're seeing, you know, utilization rates, usage rates, you know, increasing. And especially in the last 16 months, um, patients have really, you know, needed chiropractors, wanted to use their benefits up, needed to use them. I think the one thing I would tell patients is, you know, if they, if they have a chiropractor, these are the people I want to give the advice to is my number one pet peeve in practice <laughs> is when patients say to me, oh, I know you're busy, but... And I like, ooh, what I want people to know is that your chiropractor should never be too busy to answer your questions. You should never, I never want people to feel that way. So I think that I want to tell people that when you go, if you go, is always ask the questions, right? And, and know that your chiropractor is, that's what they're there for. We're not just there to like crack and pop and jump on you and make you feel better. Like we are really there to answer questions. And maybe that's about, you know, activity, exercise, about your, your own family, your, your, your have a question about your spouse or your kids or, you know, so always make the time to ask the questions and always find a chiropractor who's going to answer them for you. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. 
So if anybody wanted to reach out and message you uh, for questions um, or concerns, how would they go about doing that? So I always say email is like the best way to get a hold of me. Um, and so I can be reached like our website is elementshealth.ca. And so like you can go on there, you can reach out to me. There's a contact us page um, or my email is like dr, like Dr. Jocelyn um, at elementshealth.ca. So I'm always happy to answer questions. And you asked me earlier about people trying to find a chiropractor, like ask me, like tell me, oh, this is where I live. Like, who do you think, like, you know, who should I see, right? Like, like if somebody lives an hour and a half away or two provinces away, like it's always, easier for me to kind of navigate a website or look that up for somebody so um i'm always happy to answer those questions too i love that and i'm and i'm totally going to put all your information in the show notes so all the listeners will be able to see it there okay. um but i think that's all the questions we have for you today yeah, awesome. thank you so much for your time again it was it was awesome getting to do this awesome thanks for having me you guys if you loved today's episode and you found value with it, please make sure to share it with a friend, share it with a family member and someone you care about. If you want to reach out to Dr. Jocelyn directly, you can reach her by email at drjocelyn at elementshealth.ca. That's D-R-J-O-S-L-I-N-E at elementshealth.ca. Or feel free to check out her website, www.elementshealth.ca. Thanks so much for listening today. Have a lovely rest of your day. Bye for now.